0: You Should Know, October edition. How are you, Dr. Rosie Bush? This is Ryan Mahoney.
1: I'm good. How are you, Ryan?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I just realized we should close that door uh, got you. because we'll probably have uh, people just come in. And uh... being that this is a very professional podcast that is expertly produced by the producer Jonathan Kidwell and uh, Amy Enterprises... L-L-L-L-P, that uh, we got to make sure it's top-notch professional services and don't want to get interrupted. But um, yeah, welcome. Uh, Appreciate you making the journey down to Ria Vista. We're broadcasting today from sunny Ria Vista. It's a good, clear, sunny day with a little north wind, um, which is going to dry everything out. And uh, not that it's wet, but (laughs) just make things drier than it is. And could make for a miserable afternoon, but a beautiful morning, so thank you for driving down yeah, and uh thanks for coming down to the Lamin camp
1: yeah today it was great it's so good to see those girls yeah, they look beautiful they're in very good condition
0: yeah, we do how are we doing? Give us a grade
1: I think it looks amazing i've been you know since i've been doing a lot of work on you, mastitis you've been to udders. a few lamb camps <laughs> yeah. and stuff lately <laughs> and, and too and you gotta
0: of. you gotta rank me according to some other people you've seen here
1: yeah i mean just looking at their udders in general is really exciting because they have it's you know you can see that they're bagging up they uh you can see their you know, just the size of their bag, the placement of their teats really clearly from behind. And they have really nice attachments. And I know it's really early in the season, so they tend to look really big and beautiful. Um, but looks good. And then as far as, like, the barn goes, it was... I mean, you had all the doors open because it was not nice. Bad, not bad <laughs> for a 110-year-old spot, right? Yeah, it was, smells good. It, not a lot of dust in there, even though you guys were cleaning pens or...
0: It was good. Yeah, we were hustling. We had a good drop this morning and yesterday too. We, we were just I mean, we've been we've been going steady, but but easy steady. And then yesterday, we had like 3 days ago, so well, 2 2 mornings ago. So not yesterday morning, morning before, we had like two mm. twins. We were having like steady, I don't know, 10 Singles. to 15 just twins, twins. all twins. We've I had gotcha. nothing but twins this year. Nice. But we've just it was all nice and steady and flowing and everything was good and then all of a sudden 2 days ago we had two in the morning we're like, Oh, <laughs> something, something's weird. We're going to prime up for something. And by the afternoon the barn filled up and then yesterday morning, I don't know, we had like 20 and this morning we got like 20, 25 and just in the morning. So we're having like 50 or so lay out a day now. And, uh, of, you know, at that place and we always get double plus at goose haven. So, um, probably you know pr- we probably had a, close to a 200 head drop in the last couple of days wow so well, yeah it's it's fun now yeah no kidding it's fun I, I checked our numbers we're up to like 500 lambs born at mayhood already nice. and over 500 and goose Haven's up well over a thousand and then we put our singles up at a different ranch where we're lambing those out on our irrigated pasture and those are over 100 head there so cool. it's uh yeah it's nice we Very should be cool. o- we should be right at two thousand, a little over two thousand, and uh, sitting on the twelfth of October. That's pretty good. Wild. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Oh Um, oh gosh, I was gonna say something, I forgot. Um, describe. So you were saying you have a a group, a pen that has come through, and if they leave with just one lamb, what are you guys doing with them now? Oh yeah, so that's
0: one thing. We started that actually with uh, with. I think it was from it might have been our recording on mastitis. I, I, I believe so. I believe we talked to mastitis and just the con- how it's contagious and how it passes um, from you to you within the bunch. Um, so if you know if you have one U with mastitis, the lambs they dance around and they'll pass it to the other U's, and so because of that, what we wanted to do was try to limit that. Uh, and there's different types of mastitis, correct yes, yeah, and so that 's only one type that will do that mm-hmm. they'll pass that way so anyway we um, we decided or I decided that at this because we have the two different lambing camps, so we always try stuff at one, and then if it works, we 'll do it at the bigger one because mm-hmm. i don't want to make a change at the bigger one unless we have to yeah um, otherwise it's just it's a little chaotic because there's just so many sheep there and and the guys are really good at the system that we have and so to to change it is really difficult and it has to be important and a good reason why because if it's not a good reason and clear why then no one buys in and you don't get it done and you end up usually worse than before the change because you only halfway do something right but um anyway so what we do is we take those and anything that anything that comes into the barn and leaves a single will have had some sort of issue so um it's either going to be a pull, it'll be uh, mastitis, it'll be um, a problem mothering and pairing, you know, where something was weak and we brought it in and got them to pair and put them out. So no matter what, if they leave that barn as a single, there's some reason um, that's negative on that sheep. And yeah, you can, you know, yearlings, you have a lot more mothering issues. Some of those will go ahead and probably straighten out if we kept them. But um, the time it takes to straighten those things out over time Mm -hmm. costs a lot of money and time and effort. And so um, we take those and we just we have two different turnouts where twins go one way and the singles go into one bunch and they stay separate and they stay separate from our singles that have lambed out in the pasture. So when we're done lambing, we'll have one bunch of singles. Um, And then sometimes even I do have one set of twins in there. Um, She's a poor milker and um had some mastitis but we gave her some antibiotics and it kind of cleared up mm-hmm. and um but i kept her there as twins rather than um orphan the lamb yeah and um so anyway so we'll have that bunch of like we call them like our cut out coal ewe pairs and so those when we wean we'll sell them all we won't mouth them, bag them or anything we we'll just we'll sell those as coals and then the um the other singles, we'll have another bunch of singles, but those are all good ones. They lambed in the field. They just had one lamb paired up fine. Everything was good. So those go off on their own, and we'll mouth and bag those out. they stay normal use, and then the twins all go twins' way. So at the end of lambing, that's kind of how, we, how we're set up. And it's taken the issues at that facility and, and really dropped the amount of mastitis problems that we have. We still have it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly a lot less than before. And we could see it now because we bought those ewes in this year Mm -hmm. um, and those have mastitis with them. And so, um, you know, being able to see the mastitis in those ewes versus our ewes, we can tell it, you know, we're definitely doing the right thing. Yeah. And, you know, not, you never eliminate that kind of disease, but you're
1: not never helping control. to perpetuate <laughs> yeah, it. We're yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're yeah. controlling it. Yeah, we're controlling it. And you mentioned something about how sometimes you kind of want to give them a break or you think they might work through an issue. But I, I remember talking to Dan about when he started his lambing, easy lambing system and how there would be a you that he's like, oh, you know, like, that wasn't her fault. And then the next year she would do it again. And he, I remember him being like, okay, I've learned my lesson. Like, just don't give them a break. These, you know, you have this scaling system for reasons. So. Yeah. And
0: it's, and it is a product of numbers too. I think like mm-hmm. if you're, if you have, you know, 25, 30 use, then you probably do need to make sure you're giving them the benefit of the doubt because one, you have the time to, mm-hmm. like, if I was lambing out hundred use by myself, I would take the time and I would, you know, at lambing, I would put the time in to make those things correct and because you need every single one to maximize their value when you're working on large numbers i mean we're we we had like last year i don't have the numbers in front of me but last year at mayhood we had 1200 ewes that we lambed out and i had 65 cutouts and coal use so that's i don't know what percentage that is but that's less than a half a percent i think yeah and um you know when you're calling just naturally, you're going to call, um, you know, five to 15 percent at the end of the year. Um, it, it really doesn't, it, you know, you're talking about such a small percentage uh, it, that it actually helps you in your calling rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I could argue now looking back that you're actually going to call at a lower rate because you're decreasing the instances of mastitis, which is our number one calling thing that reason. we call for, yeah. right? That's yeah. the number one reason for calling. So to be able to um, lower that, it it well outweighs the the loss. But then, like I said, as your numbers decrease, like, you know, 60 head on 1,300, 1,200, it's nothing. But then if you go and, you know, you got 50 head and you end up having mastitis in 10, like that's a substantial difference. Yes. And, and that, that is, you need to work through those yeah. to be able to turn it into some kind of a viable business yeah. long-term. And
1: typically they're different management styles or you know even just housing styles or systems and so there are different risks that go into it but it's interesting i was talking with a friend who has goats and the kids are really valuable they're you know like genetically high genetic merit goats Mm. and so every kid is really important and so she tends to intervene Sooner than just because she's not patient and she just wants the kid out. And, um,
0: <laughs> so. I spilled my coffee, I can go ahead and <laughs> clean that up later. I can pull my earplug out and go ahead and get a cow. I'll just keep start, talking, keep talking, <laughs> talking about the kids.
1: <laughs> so, but yeah, what's interesting though is now she's noticed that you know, or she's not sure if these goats can deliver on their own. Um, you know, they've got these full bodied goats that maybe have a really steep angle and it's just I'm you know they probably can deliver on their own but like we it's a, just an example of how we in especially small herd situations can maybe intervene a little bit too much to where we may accidentally lose some traits right where
0: Yeah, you could, but, I mean, it depends on the goals. Like, if you're going to grow a herd from a small flock to a large production-type system, then you probably need to, um, you know, be more intentional about not intervening and building a more durable animal. But, you know, if you got... I mean, like I said, go back to... If I have 100 sheep and that's all I'm lambing out, um, I'm going to be out there. Um, It doesn't take me... it, It doesn't cost me other lambs. So, I'll say it this way. So, if I got hundred lambs born in a day right now um, if I have to spend 30 minutes with one you trying to pair it up and make it milk and watch it and make sure the teats are working <laughs> right and make sure it's holding on and the latching is right that costs me other lambs mm. other lambs go from subclinical to critical um, some you know they'll, they'll be little scours and instead of being able to doctor it when there's just a little loose scours and you can cure it in a second now all of a sudden you're going around and carrying the ones that are way down dehydrated hurting really bad and Mm -hmm. you lose lambs so Mm -hmm. like it it costs us a lot more if i have 100 sheep um, total that i'm lambing out for the entire month you know i'm gonna get you know heavy day i'll get 15 or something like that and that'll be a lot of work but spending that time with that one sheep um, doesn't cost me other lambs yeah and so it's kind of finding that balance and knowing yourself knowing your facilities like pasture lambing is way different than barn lambing and um so but it's really kind of a balance of goals like if i if i want to build a production herd then we need to build production traits Mm -hmm. if i'm going to raise um if i'm going to raise show sheep then yeah i want to intervene and make sure that i'm (laughs) making every (laughs) single one of those lambs uh, because that one that you maybe had to pull or had to intervene too soon. That might be just that right big frame structure that you need to, to sell your animal yeah. at the highest value. So like it, it's really a balance of goals. I yeah.
1: Think. yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. But and I do. It is. It is really fun to pull sheep.
1: It is very. I pulled. Fun.
0: I pulled a. Tw- I pulled. We had two now. I pulled one of them, and then one of my guys pulled the other one. We had a 2 Two nineteen point four pound <laughs> lambs. <laughs> That's it was huge, <laughs> and we weighed them afterwards, so like the day after, and so they shrunk up, and so I'm, yeah, I'm, and this is a good. I live on the river, so I'm good at telling fish stories. <laughs> it was definitely over twenty pounds when we pulled it. Absolutely. You know, they
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, then you think of all the like fetal fluids and the placenta, like that you is carrying. At least the amount of weight that like yeah. a litter of triplets or Bo- whatnot.
0: Both of those were uh from those purchase use. And the oh, guy yeah. he uses crossbred range rams. Okay. And so I think that's some of it is just that that um yeah, I don't know what it's the cross the the cross on the cross and it's just a big framed animal and um and yeah, I mean, I, I was really impressed because when we've had big lambs in our own sheep, uh, it's really hard to get the ewes up. Um, and these, they delivered, um, they were pulls, but they were pretty easy pulls. Like at least mine was, it was a, it was a pull. It was a hard pull. I'm going to knock that over <laughs> again. Um, it was a hard pull because it was big, but mm-hmm. it was presented well. And it didn't take a lot to really pull it out. And, and then once it was out, the ewe got up licked it clean and both of them were up nursing and so you normally those big lambs i mean you even saw that first one i think it was like four days old now you could see it that it's it's um you know it gets up and walks a little bit and it's tired mm-hmm. because it's just got so much energy so yeah. much going on yeah um uh, but it, it's uh it's amazing how um i don't know what the vitality or the the strength in those the both of those two big singles they really yeah. They really impressed me.
1: Yeah, I was surprised because a lot of the big singles I have seen are, they just slower. Like, they take a lot longer to get up and get nursing. Well, and I mean, a regular
0: single, we're going to kick it out of the barn the next day. These we held in the barn, you know, we're going to hold in the barn for two, three days. We're going to move them out slowly. We're going to make sure they're all right because they definitely do need more time. Yeah. But... but, Really, yeah, really good vigor. vigor. Did they
1: come in from the single group because they needed no. to be pulled? They were in the twins.
0: Yeah, they were in the twins. They get called twins. So if if when. Bravos is scanning, and he, you know, it's too big for the window. Yeah, he'll call that a twin because oftentimes yeah, there'll be the a lamb, uterus. like a, yeah, there could be a second one hiding behind yeah. it or something like when that.
1: When you see so much uterus, but there must have been so much uterus because it was such a massive. Or you just lamb. see this giant lamb.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like you can't yeah, see yes. through and see the other lamb. Yeah, and so he'll call those he'll call those twins. Yeah, and uh, really, I got a shout out to him. He did a heck of a job calling twins this year. I don't know. I don't know what it was um, in our breeding or in our not breeding in our um, summer window. feed, but because yeah. um, normally we have quite a few. I don't know if they're reabsorptions or what, but we'll have um, we'll have quite a few twins that are called twins at preg scan in middle of July that end up lambing out singles, just clean simple singles. Mm-hmm. And this year, I mean, we're getting just all twins everything that we scan twins we're getting twins and um it's really it's exciting yeah and uh it's a lot of work yeah (laughs) but it's really exciting yeah and and that's that's good that we're doing so good on the scan we're getting better every year that's just and we bred up 96 percent this year that's awesome which is insane yeah
1: and that's including your bought in Yeah, yeah
0: yeah and that includes shearing uh, two weeks 10 days after ram turnout so like everything you're not supposed to do we did and <laughs> we still got them bred up yeah that's amazing which is just yeah it's incredible it's so so incredible and um, yeah we're gonna have a lot of lambs so
1: so i saw your ewes going to town on some salt blocks you had out there yeah yeah that's cool and yeah. then you're feeding them alfalfa
0: yeah so Mm -hmm. when we when we lamb we put everything in the pens and there's not enough i mean they you know you'll see some people market that as open range pasture (laughs) but um, there there there's no pasture left because there's too much too many animals Mm -hmm. but um, and you want a good clean surface to lamb on you don't want a lot of cover and stuff because of how we're lambing Um, and then also our our feed out there in the hills there's a lot of um, a lot of like uh, wild foxtail and bronco grass and just some of these different like the the grasses that the livestock don't eat and leave by this time of the year there's a lot of stickers and things and so uh, if you lamb in that kind of pasture and that kind of grass the lambs get covered in that Mm. junk and it's just it's uncomfortable and the lambs don't like it and the ewes don't like it and it's it's not a good situation so you really want a good clean ground so you know it's not confinement because they have space but you have a lot of animal units that you're supplementing you're substituting pretty much 95 to 110 percent of their diet (laughs) with um and we use alfalfa test quality alfalfa dairy dairy quality alfalfa because we want them to milk and um so we want to make sure we're we're giving protein and also if we feed lower quality hay you have to feed more yeah and so you know we bought it for less per ton but then they end up eating eight pounds instead of six
1: well and then they have twins in them and they you know maybe you run the risk that they can't physically eat enough and if you have lower oh
0: yeah and then you end up with pregnancy toxemia and you lose a bunch of sheep because you know you somebody yeah decides to not feed them enough yeah and uh yeah that's that that happens yes (laughs) Speak from experience. Uh, it's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, it happens fast. Very yeah, fast.
0: and then and then you know and don't don't diagnose it as like oh no they're dying of pneumonia. Yeah, pneumonia might be killing them, but it's because they're starving, mm-hmm. and it's because they have giant twins, and it's just yeah, it's really really disheartening um, when you go yeah yeah, this, yeah
1: yeah yeah and that one's tough to diagnose on necropsy. Like sometimes their livers are a little round, but they some I mean, they go downhill and die so quickly that it's really hard to well, see something on necropsy after.
0: Well, that's why you gotta I mean, it, it's hard to see necropsy, but it's really easy when you go out and you look at what's going yes. on and you're <laughs> like, and then you find out, well, how much are you feeding? Yes, that's and it's And they of a, say you're feeding one s- pound per head. Yeah. And you, you do the math and you're like, wow, they need more than that. Yeah, and absolutely. So that's it's
1: more of, yeah. Uh, knowing what's going on his, taking, you know, from people who are trying to investigate yeah. these issues, take a history, look at the feed, yeah. look at how we're feeding. Cause sometimes it's only a few sheep and it, maybe it's because we're not, we're feeding too close. And so not everyone has access to feed at the same time and they're being beaten.
0: Yeah. And uh, like, I like, I like feeding, um, multiple times a day. You're really, mm-hmm. you're ones that really have high energy demand. It's tough cause you have to balance kind of time and, you know how much time you have in the day but yeah we always like to feed our heaviest bred sheep i like to feed those twice a day if we can because it's just it's better for them i think they get bored um sitting in the field waiting the lamb Mm -hmm. and so feed them twice a day give them (laughs) double the activity it also gives everybody a chance to see them a second time and Mm -hmm. so you know yes you're just throwing hay you're tired but you got some hobbles and the second time you go out there's a new set of twins and you're able to put the hobbles on that makes twins that makes lambs
1: so someone said that their sheep usually lamb after they feed them have you ever noticed that like you'll get a heavier nah. set of okay
0: i don't think i so. it was
1: like huh okay cool maybe it's just there i mean
0: they lamb there. before and after <laughs> 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 they just lamb uh i don't know it's fun because like sometimes you'll have like uh we'll have uh a heavy day and will be like oh yeah it's it's full moon tonight or and then all of a right. sudden then you know you lamb heavy and two days later and you're like oh we just went from west wind to north wind it must <laughs> yeah, be the pressure yeah. <laughs> change or you know you come up with all these theories yeah. but at the end of the day I mean they're pregnant and they're
1: they're going to lamb going to lamb <laughs> and
0: um there is some I think there is some truth to some of that like the the lunar calendar and, yeah. and the um and the pressure systems, you know, like we usually lamb before rains or right after rains. We typically don't lamb in the rains.
1: My aunt and uncle had a cow yeah. and she always had her calf in the middle of a storm, like without fail. It yeah. was always stormy and muddy and well, you <laughs> just bred her a month earlier. <laughs> yeah. Before the storms. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah. No, it's it's true. I mean there is truth to that stuff, but you know, at the end of the day they're bred they're gonna have their baby yeah. when they're gonna have it and uh, i always i always like that time right after tagging and you see those bags and they just start to swell mm-hmm. and you're like oh my gosh they're gonna have any day now they're all gonna start lambing and then it takes a month yeah <laughs> <laughs> they, because they look they look so pregnant yes but and they are pregnant but they still have a month left to go and then you'll see that too sometimes when you have like a you like that um where maybe we'll have some kind of health issues. We get bezoars sometimes, be- bezoars. Mm-hmm. And um so if that if a U goes down with that, um there's times where we um we'll euthanize the ewe and then cut the lambs out um and make the lambs. But it's really hard because so often those lambs are not uh, mature. Healthy, yeah, yeah or they're premature. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. And so with you look at them and you're like, oh, well, the bag's full and I think there's a little colostrum and then you go and it's like, no, it should, they need they need two more weeks to cook.
1: Yeah, like uh-huh. so lambs and kids usually if you're within a week your chances are better. Anywhere longer than that it's really hard. With calves, they can be a month early and they're, they look really tiny but they can do okay. They're amazing.
0: Cattle are Incredible animals. They're so hardy. Yeah, they really are. They can they can live through a lot of stuff.
1: We were driving to Hoplin yesterday. I was working. I was with herd health at the university, driving to scan some sheep with them, and we were talking about donkeys being the cattle of the horse world, and then (laughs) like pig dogs being the cattle of the dog world, and just that cattle are the like just the most the strongest, most hardy. Ruminants of like all the ruminants. Yeah, so. they
0: definitely are.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Although, I mean, I don't. Yeah, they are. But sheep are sheep are pretty hardy too.
1: They are. They but
0: get a bad rap because people don't intervene quick enough. I think, but they definitely are. They definitely can withstand a lot of.
1: Absolutely. I think we just don't. The pain
0: tolerance is super high. They.
1: I mean, yeah, and and their ability to hide. I mean, they're also stoic. They're also yeah. stoic. But their ability to hide their near death experiences, I think we don't realize how much they actually withstand, you yeah, know? and how near death
0: they are, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, they're amazing, yeah,
0: but yeah, it's fun, It's fun cleaning pens, and uh
1: you have some new help out there,
0: I do, yeah, John's son, Cameron, is out uh learning learning a little bit. that's so cool. How yeah. old is Cameron? 12, 11, okay. 11, 12, that's 11, so 12, cool. 12, 11. I, I don't know. He's not my son. He's John's son. I'm not required to no. know. He's old enough to be a good help. Yeah. But he's so also cool. young enough to where when he makes milk, it kind of gets messy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's good. That's how you learn. You know, you yeah. go and you make a mess and you clean it up. And the more times you make that mess and have to clean it up, the more you realize, oh, I'm uh, not gonna, be not gonna I'm not going to make a mess next time. <laughs>
1: This <laughs> stuff so, is sticky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: yep. but no, he was great. He did uh he did a few batches of milk this morning and was feeding some bummers and cleaning pens. He really likes driving the Kubota. And we had him uh taught him the eyelid cuz the inverted eyelid thing. Mm-hmm. We showed him how to cut that, and, you know, showed him what that was. And then uh, the other day he was out what was the other thing we had? Ah, oh, we had something else. It was another little like health thing, and I gotta gotta show him what to do. Can't remember. It wasn't a pull. Oh well, it was something. Yeah, yeah. So showing him some health stuff. And cool. But driving the Kubota, that's the fun part. Yeah, definitely. Yep. <laughs> but no, he's good. He comes out on Mondays and Thursdays just for fun, and learns, and. um yeah, him, and then um, Justin's going. He's got cattle first for him, and then he comes and helps when he can.
1: You guys uh, kind of on the tail end of the cattle? or
0: Yeah, we're at the end of calving, but there's still a few calving. And then um, the biggest thing is um, we have a few bunches that need to get fed, and so we got to make sure we're consistent in the feeding, and so he's got to make sure that um, they're getting fed properly, especially our bulls. Holding, mm-hmm. holding condition on our bulls in yeah. the fall is really important, and... Yeah. Um, and that's probably the easiest thing to, to skip on a yeah. busy day. Yeah. And so making sure that they're getting that. And then he also helps run um, like the alfalfa lamb logistics and things, Um, make it, you know, where bunches are and how they're going to move and where stuff's going to go. And talking with the guys up there is is a big part of his job right now. Cool. And then, uh, cause I just like to lock myself in the hills yeah. and do nothing <laughs> except that, which is really fun, but, Man, it's busy. I, I get too many voicemails when I come back into service. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah it's yeah. fun. But cool. really good lambing. Really, really good lambing. It's fun to get back in the rhythm. And just, I can't believe how many, how many twins we got i mean there's yeah. just so many
1: i think when i talked with you last when you were kind of thinking through how you might do this slamming with that many more sheep you were talking about only bringing in the multiples that were going to be problems but it sounds like you're yeah. able to so bring them all through hand me
0: that hand me that clipboard over there but yeah so we've um yeah so at the there's two the two ranches so one of them is the goose haven ranch and that one is um We basically leave everything out Mm -hmm. and only bring in the problems. Mm -hmm. And um, there's... Yeah, there's four thousand sheep there,
1: and that's been a change for them, right? Because they used to bring in. Uh, they everything, like to bring in no?
0: everything, yeah, and even still, they try to bring in
1: most a, things a lot.
0: And it's easy for me to be sitting in Mayhood and driving through Goose Haven once a week, mm-hmm. and being like, "Oh, you should leave them out more," and <laughs> versus actually being there. And yeah. so, you know, they're they're doing they're doing a good job. Um, but anyway, so they're doing that where we leave them tied and moving the heavy bunches, and then making our bunches that way um, at mayhood where we're at we have 1300 ewes and those we're bringing everything through the barn that we can and the reason is is the Goosehaven ranch is um it's very spread out mm-hmm. it's very flat yeah and the fields are very big so our lambing fields are all very big um, we also we could put like 250 to 300 in a pen in a field mm-hmm. and rotate them pretty easily And we got like 10 of those all around the ranch. And so it's just, and then we have fields that are bigger right next to it too, multiples all over the place. Whereas the Mayhood Ranch is super compact. So basically that's in the hills, right? And you drive in and you drive up this little valley and you have these hills all on the sides and everything all goes right down to the camp Mm -hmm. and the barn's kind of on a sub hill in the middle of it. And so everything there has to kind of go through that barn. It's really hard to leave things out because we just don't have space. Mm -hmm. And so everything's really tight. And um, so with that, we we push everything through the barn that we can. And so at that place, we have to push through the barn. That's also why we put the extra sheep there. So we try to lamb out as many as we can at Goose Haven. And then what we can't, we use Mayhood to take pressure off of that Goose Haven camp Mm -hmm. and get more sheep. So we push the Goose Haven camp as much as possible and then lay out the extras at Mayhood.
1: Is it harder to s- like walk through the sheep at Goosehaven because it's just flat and bigger? At-
0: um, no. Nah, not really. Mm-hmm. Um y- it's yeah, it's more ground to cover, but sure. you're not walking up hills. Right. And no, I don't, so, I
1: mean, I guess like seeing like
0: And you could see better too because it's flatter. Okay. And yeah so you can see the whole field a lot easier and so you can see where you use off in a corner or not um and so I just you just feel
1: like if she's on a hill i can literally see all of them whereas if it's flat i might miss one because well behind. there's another side
0: of the hill so, <laughs> that's true yeah there's two sides <laughs> to that <laughs> equation so you okay. can't always see that um yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's uh yeah it works good i that's like it cool. um I'm curious to see, they got more, they're having a few more singles there than we are, but um, Hmm. yeah, we're up, yeah, we have, there's so many sheep, (laughs) so many lambs. I mean, we got, yeah, yeah, we're in really good shape because we've only lambed out like maybe 300, 400 maybe 350. I think we've lambed out around 300, 350 and we got 522 lambs. And um hmm. I think we maybe less 300ish. I don't know, I'd have to add it all up. But like, you know, we're we have a lot of we have a lot of lambs and a lot of twins and we have a lot left to go. I mean, we still got maybe 1000 left to lamb. Yeah. So, that's great.
1: Yeah. Very cool.
0: Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> But what else? What else on lambing? Um, uh, we use a lot of Exceed. Is that a penicillin-based
1: no, antibiotic?
0: What kind of antibiotics is that?
1: Um, so they're in a similar class of antibiotic. They're... Um, how do I just explain? So it is, it's... A newer generation of penicillin, if that makes sense. But it kind of does the opposite thing that penicillin does. So penicillin targets the cell wall of bacteria, which means it mainly targets gram-positive bacteria that have cell wall. Gram-negative bacteria don't. So that's why penicillin was oftentimes not used appropriately because we're treating pneumonia with penicillin and all these things where most of our bacteria that cause pneumonia are gram-negative bacteria. So Penicillin is one of the first antibiotics we've ever been able to use. Um, a lot of bacteria are not as peni- susceptible penicillin's to it. penicillin is
0: good for mastitis,
1: right? Um, or no? Not really. Not necessarily. But it does get into the milk, um, which is one of the problems the dairy industry had with it, is that it would actually last in the milk for quite a while. Wow. So they stopped using it. Um, for the most part, because it, they were having challenges with that. Um, but, um, yeah, it's you know, if there's gram-positive organisms in the milk, then maybe it would be helpful, but it's, um, yeah, it was, you know, if we're having in, you know, sheep operations, it might be a little bit more beneficial for mastitis if we're seeing, like, staph types of mastitis. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it, it definitely has some really good uses for sure. I'm not trying to hate on penicillin, but it's usually very specific types of infections. And then exceed is related to that, but because it's a newer generation of that kind of antibiotic, it has a little bit more, um, it's ability to work on gram negatives and gram positives. Cause we, um,
0: that's kind of our go-to for, in the lamy barn especially with the ewes um and it seems to just do a really good job of kind of handling milk fever some of the pneumonias and um yeah just it seems to be a really good kind of broad spectrum coverage yeah. and the main thing i really like is it's 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 very um what's the right word it's it's easy on the animal yeah it's very
1: that's i think it's one of the reasons i like it for newborns is it's 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 kind of a good first-hand antibiotic right like it it doesn't do really well against really like anaerobes which are like fuso or true some of these bacteria that are really nasty and but you don't typically see them until the infection's really bad Mm -hmm. um so they're not usually the ones that are initially making them sick. So if you get to these animals early, like if you, you know, like you're saying, if you get to them sub when they're subclinical or they're just starting to show signs, then that's when I think exceed does a really good job with pneumonia and things like that. Um, and it doesn't work really well for mycoplasma either. So well, no,
0: that one you have to have a yeah. different drug. <laughs> yeah. But, um, what about, is there anything you could do with like, well, for, um, well so we get lambs that they'll they'll get a little scoury and then they get kind of the pneumonia symptoms but then they get the really big pot belly mm-hmm. is that rumen acidosis going no. on or is that just a what it, what what's what causes that giant inflated gut
1: it's usually this so there i mean so Baby lambs don't really have a rumen yet. Their, their stomach is that kind of main stomach like we have. So it's the abomasum. It's the one that produces the renin. So it like that's how they coagulate all the milk. Um, when they start getting scoury and things like that, the milk gets to the back of their gut without being fully digested and so then the bacteria in their hind gut just go to town on the milk and make it really gassy and so that's why they get really pot-bellied is that the, the milk that should be digested in the front of their stomach isn't being digested really well and so it makes it to the back of the gut where you should not really have full component like you shouldn't have the lactose there and so the bacteria that are there are like oh let's party and they just blow up the gut so that's why you see that really full belly is that
0: is that and then is it so so is there is that would that be kind of like an acidosis or no
1: it is they do get acidotic yes Mm -hmm. yeah but it's not like it is
0: and what would you do for like what's a good um treatment for that or is there you know because we always basically just administer ministric seed. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, so there, a lo- any, there are any other fun ones.
1: Yeah. Um, well, so I think in those cases, because you have so much bacterial activity and then a lot of times you have bacteria leaking through the gut and that's how you then end up with puffy joints and pneumonia and things like that, because the bacteria kind of spread throughout the body. That's when, yeah, certainly giving an antibiotic in those cases can be really helpful um a lot of times they aren't eating really well right because they mm-hmm. feel really bad um and they're losing a lot of extra fluid from their manure so they're not absorbing it and they're actually losing more so they're not eating and they're losing so they're usually really dehydrated mm-hmm. so um i usually like giving them fluids and you can do it with, um, if you add sodium bicarb to their fluids. Baking soda. Baking soda. <laughs> it, um, so
0: like a little baking soda and water and just tu- do yeah. you tube it? or.
1: Well, you can. Um, the challenge with tubing them is their guts are really not moving very well by that point yeah. because they feel really sick. So it's hard for them to absorb it. But that's probably the easiest, safest way for most people. But there are calculations for putting it... it do you remember how we were talking about the sugar that you would put into their belly, like inject into oh, their belly? Oh, yeah,
0: I've seen, yeah. Yeah,
1: so like for cold, starving lambs. Yeah. Um, so it's like that, but it's with sodium bar- bicarbonate water. Huh. Um, and we were doing that in some of the lambs that had scours up in Idaho. And it was really, it was fun showing the calculations to the students and showing them like how you can correct half of their... Um, lactic acidosis with that type of treatment. It's not fully correcting them, so it's not like you're shifting them all the way over, but it can really help them kind of get Because part of the reason why they look so dumpy by that point is because they're so acidotic and it's like correcting that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the biggest
0: thing is we'll give the antibiotics and then kind of put them in a comfortable corner and hope that they make it through.
1: But they're so little. (laughs) Well, yeah. And like, you know,
0: maybe 60 percent of them don't and 40 percent do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll share that calculation with you and see if you want to start tubing them or if you want to learn the injection, I'd be happy to help. But yeah, I think the
0: injection would probably make the most sense.
1: Yep. Yeah. And it's a, it's, it's called an intraperitoneal injection. So I'm not going to remember that name. Why not? (laughs) I like, you asked me about like entropion. Yeah. You're like, what's that? I'm like, I know, you know what this is. Uh, Oh, rolled in eyelid.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. she's like sitting there and I'm in the lemon barn and you're like, Hey, do you, what do you do for entropion? And I'm like, what, what's entropion? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And then
1: the funny thing is like, literally last week, we had this text thread for all the doctors at the clinic. And I was asking them, "Hey, what do they like to do for rolled in eyelids?" Or I said, "I think I said inverted eyelids." And they're like, "Oh, entropion." <laughs> so <laughs> I can never win. <laughs> no,
0: no, you're you're one foot in each I each know. world, right? You're, Learn,
1: Rosie, when to use your doctor words and when not to.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doctor words in the lambing barn at Mayhead. We will not understand it.
1: Yeah. If
0: so. I if I pretend like I know, I really don't. I'm just trying like, to oh. sound smart. You're like, yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: but okay so this injection it goes into the belly but it's just supposed to go into the space in the body cavity if that makes sense like you don't actually want it to go into the guts um, there's a um, there's a couple of videos out there that I can share um, maybe we'll put it on the um, Instagram <laughs> where um, I like to hang the lambs upside down and you basically measure like an inch back from their belly button and an inch off of midline. And then you angle the needle into their belly that way. I like to hang them upside down. So the guts and theory fall away. Mm. Um, other videos will show them hanging right side up and it's probably so they can breathe easier. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, upside down
0: too. You're putting all those scours right up by your shoulder and face too. That, yeah. you get yeah. to share in the misery.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good thought. You don't want to get scours from lambs while you're lambing. You don't it's not a good time Can't to afford- be out. My yeah. whole family
0: <laughs> has been getting sick. There's like a little cold going around mm-hmm. Rio Vista and um I've been i I've, I keep I keep saying I'm not sick. Because I can't afford, like, you just yeah. can't get sick at lambing. And yeah. every November 5th, I get sick because I'm finally, finally over. finally, like, suppress all the adrenaline. It. But I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I just sit in there and, like, everybody's sick in my house. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm not sick. I'm sure I have a scratchy throat and I... <laughs> have all this like boogers in my throat that i'm (laughs) coughing up every morning and i'm sneezing like crazy and my eyes hurt and my nose is itchy i'm tired but but i am not sick (laughs) it's Uh -uh. just the
1: dust in the lambing yeah
0: (laughs) that's just you make excuse how the allergies are terrible right now normally i have spring allergies i definitely did that
1: last week like (laughs) wow (laughs) i was giving a talk down in petaluma and i was like oh i'm such a valley girl i'm not used to all these plants out here (laughs) it's totally allergies (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah yeah
0: Yeah, that's good
1: yeah i do think with scours helping with their fluids and their acid base can really turn them around a lot faster i would
0: think that way i mean if i can i think incorporating that would definitely improve our chances yeah and you know we we lose that we do lose some lambs that way and we lost two today that way Mm -hmm. so we had a really good night i mean we only we lost i think three yeah we uh, we had three yeah i was (laughs) <laughs> digging through You're the digging dead lamb pile. Through our dead pile, yeah. Three lambs. That's not much of a
1: pile, but three <laughs> lambs.
0: That's good. Yeah, but yeah, and they were all, you know, none, one was unexpected. The other one, the other two weren't. So, and the one that was, it was, it was, um, it was in our stronger bunches, and it was just. Um, it was kind of the same thing really pot bellied up and um had pneumonia this morning i found it and i took it picked it up i moved it i put it in a spot i ended up putting it on cold concrete instead of on the dirt which was a mistake and then i came back with the drugs and it was dead hmm. and um you know that that would have been that would have been one that you know would have would have benefited from what i learned now mm-hmm. given it some baking soda
1: yeah
0: always wondered like how to get it in it though so that's that's why i got it yeah. 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 You got to send me a video or something so I can watch it. Yeah, I
1: can show you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, how's everything else? How's Davis?
1: I don't know. I haven't been there very often. That's good. (laughs) It's like, wow, I've been to my office like twice in the last two weeks. Yeah. Mostly just to get things and get back out again. And yeah, I can't even think of what I've been doing, but it has not been a lot of office work.
0: Good. That's fun.
1: Yeah. It's been good. Yeah.
0: You got your uh, reservations for ASI in no. Denver? <laughs> uh, no. I think they just came out with like the signups and stuff.
1: Yeah, I need to do that. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, no, I've
0: Denver's always a fun one.
1: Yeah, I've never been to ASI in Denver. Really? So, mm-hmm. My really? first ASI was I had in. a bunch of them. That's what I have heard, and I've heard they're always really fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're good there, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. I think my first one was in Arizona. Was it Arizona or New Mexico? Arizona, yeah.
0: Scottsdale, yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then, but yeah, this weekend I go to Washington, D.C. for five days, U.S. Animal y- Health. Lobbying or are no. you learning? <laughs> I'm, uh, I am the co vice chair of the Sheep and Goat Committee for U.S. Animal Health. Yeah. And so I'll be giving a talk on Yoni's disease, which will be interesting hopefully. So
0: Yeah. One day he'll convince me to pay attention to that one.
1: That, yeah, probably no time soon. Plenty <laughs> 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 well, yeah, other low hanging fruit to worry yeah, about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's so fun. I really I really appreciate um I appreciate operations that can like look at those kind of things. mm mm-hmm. Um And I also recognize I'm not one of those. Yeah. Not, not yet.
1: Eonies is just a really frustrating disease. Like we don't have a lot of answers and even our detection, our ability to detect it in animals is not the best. So it is, it's just, then that's kind of what the talk is about is like, come on, we need to do better, figure this out. Yeah. One of
0: of my neighbors did a bunch of testing and like got cold, a bunch of sheep and moved out of the herd. And then the sheep, um, definitely improved yeah I mean they're they're um, they did a lot of other things too I always I always struggle with um, cause and effect mm-hmm. like so often a uh, place will like work on you know it's, it's almost impossible to just work on one thing right and so like, I I like to tell the story of like there's one year that we um, intentionally went out and bought better rams we um, switched and started feeding test quality hay and we um, instituted a flushing like a actual flushing before turnout and the result of those three things was a substantially better lamb crop bigger lambs and more lambs and everything and so it's like well which one which one thing improved it and mm-hmm. it's usually Everything and probably three other things that we're not mentioning that happened, you know, rain and <laughs> just different things like that. So it's really hard to like narrow it down, and that, that's why I appreciate the academic world because they are very good at narrowing down and running controls and saying this one thing, yeah, leads to this one thing. But um, on the farm side, as he's like, you can explain away anything and you can give credit to anything all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, well,
1: yeah yeah I don't know I yoni's is a tough one because they typically don't really show signs of it until they're older but it just
0: affects longevity more than anything yeah right?
1: which if longevity is important to your operation it should be but it's deal. important
0: to everybody it's just yeah. hard to measure because it takes so much time yeah and so and then like what what was it that caused the longevity like the number one we have a bunch of yearlings right now that we're lambing out at mayhood and i have a bunch of those in my cut out coal you bunches and so like you know those are all one one lamb crop yearlings yeah. and uh
1: and you spend all the money to grow them there and yeah get them. and yeah. am
0: i wasting my money by getting rid of them and i don't know probably but then at the same time getting rid of them now saves you later and then i'll have you know the same number of percent will end up living substantially longer mm-hmm. yeah i had one you I sent a picture of it to jeff clark uh i had one u that i turned out into the coal u single bunch she finally finally met the end of her journey um but um over her journey she had a she had one of our original eid ear tags that were put in i believe seven years ago and she would have been a a running age U then so probably three four years old so <laughs> she's solid probably anywhere from eight to 12 years old she had a huge set of twins but she had one eyeball one ear <laughs> and one half a udder one Whoa. one udder and so i pulled one of the lambs and sent, sent her out as a single there go. and uh, the lamb's doing great everything's good on that side but it's just funny like how like that longevity like looking at that you yeah. and it's like man if i could have id'd her yeah in her prime and saved saved all of them. I would have had a bunch of cancer eyes, but I would also want <laughs> <laughs> a ten year old used. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, she was a good one. Yeah, that's so. cool. Yeah, it's one of the few left. We used to split the ear was our ranch mark for our yearlings, our replacements. And she had the split ear, so <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we haven't done that for years. But.
1: That's cool.
0: Yeah, no, it's fun. Yeah. What else? I can't think of anything else.
1: Yeah, I don't know. The Yonis thing. There are some groups that have been test. Like if you test over and over and over, you can pretty much tell that you're less likely to have the disease. It's just yeah.
0: OPP is a bigger issue for the American cheaper, isn't it?
1: I don't know that it's a bigger issue, but I it, I agree. It is a big issue. Um, so.
0: Explain that. Why isn't it a big, for me, I'd say it's bigger, but.
1: Hmm. Well, okay. Yes. <laughs> it, because it impacts milk production, I think earlier on than maybe even Yoni's disease might impact production, then it might be a bigger issue because it'll impact the, the, her ability to raise lambs, which is really important. Um, I guess I was just thinking, do we know. If more sheep have it, that's what I was thinking about bigger is just numbers. But as far as impact on production, yeah, you're probably right. I would say importance to... uh, An actual productive view. If I was
0: going to sit here and say I need to look at Yoni's or a OPP, I Mm, probably need to look at OPP OPP first. first. Yes, I would agree
1: with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, very cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I've just been starting to do some workshops we did some dairy goat workshops that was cool we did
0: what's happening in the goat world is it growing is it booming
1: it's growing so they can get quite a bit of money compared to cow milk for goat milk um so there's they're quite cow
0: milk's in the tank isn't it i don't know i think it's really bad right now i mean i know it's it's incredibly annoying because, you know, you have dairies going broke and complaining about the price of milk. You can go in the store and you got to pay like $8, $8 for four sticks of butter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like no, what, the, what the heck? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know, it's, it's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Well, now they sell butter here from New Zealand. So... Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure... Whole import issue is affecting them,
0: but yeah, but I mean, it's not cheap. That's the thing. Like, yeah. it's it would be one thing if it was like, you know, I, I don't know if New Zealand butter was cheaper than American butter and it, no, was, it was stealing. Not. Like, no, that like the re the, the, it's going for the same price or more. Yeah. Like, it's not. It's not. I mean, it, you know, it's it's like on the lamb side. Like, I don't know. You know, a lot of times um, we don't see the markups you know, in the store, you'll see the store price and that's it and um, the markups are just so high now Yeah, and it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, it's
1: wild. I know Fauna was saying, so Fauna Smith is the vet that I work with at UC Davis and she used to work in New Zealand for 10 years and she said their ability to make milk, they have like the lowest cost of production because they don't have to pay for feed. Like they're just... It's all grass, mm -hmm. yeah. And they're very seasonal which is one of their challenges. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, they can produce milk at such a lower cost. Um, But it's interesting. Yeah, like they're still selling it at the same price. And so like just that retail side is like... Well, yeah,
0: and I mean, you go in and and Kroger bought Safeway. Safeway carries imported lamb and Kroger carries domestic lamb. And, you know, they'll, they'll sell the lamb at the same price per pound. You see it at Whole Foods. You see it in a lot of these stores where they'll sell the imported product for the same price as the domestic product and you know and that's almost irregardless like the market volatility on the live side like we've seen as low as 68 cents and as high as um three bucks a pound and the price in the store has pretty much remained almost unchanged like ground lamb is still selling for 10 bucks a pound in those stores for the last three years like it didn't tank like it did it probably tanked to the packer and tank to different places in the segment but like to the consumer yeah, like it's we're not crazy high, it. and it's yeah. the same same with milk. You look at like the milk's a good example of that because, I mean, you talk to the, I talk to my medicine rep all the time, and the dairies are really struggling right now. That's one of the reasons why commodities are cheaper is because the dairies are hurting so much that mm-hmm. they're not they're not green chopping silage, and so it's going feed corn, which is good for me buying corn locally because I, now I finally have a reasonable basis. Last year everything went to silage. And then you go to the store, and it's you know the price of the butter is like I said, it's eight eight dollars in store right now yeah. for that butter. I mean the cheap do- the cheap butter is like six. Yeah. And it's just it's, it's crazy wild. how that that's not getting, it's not necessarily passing through. And there's so many factors to that. I mean the. I don't know, just the cost of operating a store now. Like your your hourly rates in California have gone from ten dollars to fifteen dollars in four years, five years, and so, yeah. just like that, you know, you take your labor cost, which is the largest expense for pretty much all businesses, mm-hmm. and you um, increase it by fifty percent. Like that's gonna
1: yeah blow everything up,
0: mess up your costs and yeah. your margins. And where they're able to kind of operate off of semi-fixed, you know, product plus markup. Margin, it's it's pretty pretty unbelievable.
1: Yeah.
0: So I don't know, man. Our commodity prices are all messed up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. Well. And the goats are.
0: But goat milk's where it's at. Okay. Right? Everybody wanting to find the sweet market, go start a goat dairy. That's yeah. where the good deals are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And it's easy to milk goats, right?
1: No. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, we saw there we went to a dairy recently and the, it's just fun watching them and this goat went into the parlor uh, backwards so they're supposed to go in and have their head facing out and so their tail end obviously is by the milking machine yeah she is facing the milking machine <laughs> just
0: wanted to see what was going on,
1: <laughs> and it was so funny because the milkers are just they were unfazed by it they just yeah. put the machine on like you know, through her front legs to her teats. And it just, it happens all the time. <laughs> and the guy was like, yeah, it's a problem because they chew on all the tubing. So we had to change the tubing so it wouldn't like leak, oh right? The vacuum tubing and stuff like that. He's like, oh yeah, we're replacing stuff all the time. Just goats are <laughs> capricious. go to heaven. <laughs> goats, go to hell. I was at a meeting <laughs> <laughs> at the in the forest at where we were using goats and... <laughs> They, uh, they're they just yeah they have really unique behaviors and one of the um team members was like yeah they're just really capricious and we all just stopped and we're like oh, that's where that word comes from that's <laughs> funny that's
0: <laughs> great. yeah i like my sheep So yeah,
1: goats are fun goats are fun
0: yeah they are <laughs> all right well um I think we better call it a wrap. It's bantered for about an hour, so
1: <laughs> got some good lambing topics in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, so. I, I could talk about that stuff for hours. I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. fun out there, and it's good. And we're like, I like it right now because it's been very good. But um, we're just starting into the real heavy, heavy part. So yeah. I might change my mind in four or five days.
1: <laughs> but then you'll like it again. I'm only on day like yeah.
0: 14 straight, so
1: yeah it's yeah it's You're still it's still, still early. early i still
0: got a, yeah i got a little longer to go Cool,
1: awesome well thanks this has been sheep stuff you should know we'll catch you next time Bye. see ya <laughs>